Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Fred Miller. Fred is the owner of No Sweat Public Speaking. He is a keynote speaker, speaker coach, author, and TEDx Gateway Arch speaker facilitator. Hello, Fred. Hello, Mish. I was two or three. So we weird and wacky. So two of those. What was the interesting? Weird, wacky, and wonderful. Uh, two out of three. We won't say which two. <laughs> we, I we missed did, one of them. We'll That's decide okay. at the end. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we give you a score. Like, oh, okay, on the weirdness scale, you're here. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we'll wait that a little bit more. That'd be good. So you, how long have you been speaking and teaching speaking? How, how long has this been I going started on? Speaking at one year old, but no, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> I was in Toastmasters forever, and I love speaking. I used to go see speakers like Zig Ziglar and oh, Brian yeah. Tracy and Les Brown, and just amazing. Well, I was in Toastmasters for twenty or more years. I even had a group we called the Gateway Motivational Team, and the idea was to go around and give motivational speeches. Now, nothing ever came of that, but I kept my, the title of my talk at that time, which was No Sweat Public Speaking. In 2011, I published my first book, No Sweat Public Speaking. Which is a great title because what do most people do? <laughs> they sweat. <laughs> they sweat when they're going to have to get on stage. And really, a lot of it is you have to be really confident in what you're going up there to talk about, right? You, you prepare people for that. Confidence in your competence. Confidence in your competence. I like it. Because most people, that's their greatest fear. It holds so many people back from reaching their goals. Well, we can see with TED Talks. Right. You got to get somebody who, they may be a leader in their industry. They may be the expert on the subject, but they can't deliver that presentation in a manner that educates, entertains, and explains. The audience will never get it. Which is why we have people like you, which is why we have speaker facilitators, right? Because it's not easy to create that 18 minutes or less. Oh, no. It is, I mean, and I've said it before, it's like 40, 60 hours of preparation. It's a ton yes. of time that those speakers, I mean, you're committed. When you say, yes, I'm going to do a TED Talk, it's like you, you've got a lot of extra work to do right now. And people don't realize that. You no. know, kind of a, a ballpark figure, an hour of preparation for every minute of presentation. Actually, TED Talks are a little bit more. But I compare it to athletes. If you take the amount of time that a professional athlete actually spends playing their game, right. it's infinitesimal to the amount of time they spend working out and practicing. Why would you think you could get up and wing it? Right. Right. And then, and we've even had, this has happened before where we have a speaker orientation, you know, and then the speak, I, there's always one speaker that is saying to me, I, I, I really almost have mine done. And I never <laughs> tell them, no, you don't. I figure no. the speaker facilitator is going to tell you, but they don't because a lot of them do not understand all those little parts we'd like to see them get to within their presentation, but also keeping it very real to them, very authentic to them. Yes. And, and there's two parts of the presentation. There's content and delivery. Content is the message. Right. Delivery is presenting that message. Delivery trumps content. And on the delivery side, there's verbal and nonverbal communication. Nonverbal trumps verbal. People believe what they see. Right. And you've got to be aware of those things. It all goes into it. So if you're like fidgety, yeah, it's going to drive everybody or, crazy. Yeah. Right. Well, a, a couple of examples. A lot of people are familiar with the first televised debate. Richard Nixon. Right. With John Kennedy. With John Kennedy. Exactly. Black and white television. 
Nixon did not understand television. He'd been in the hospital. He'd lost some weight. His suit didn't fit well. He was one of those guys who had a 5 o'clock shadow at 10 in the morning. He didn't want to put on any makeup, and he sweated. <laughs> oh, okay. So he's kind of looking around at the camera, had no clue. Kennedy, back from vacation, looked great, understood, look at the camera. The famous study, people who heard on the radio, Nixon's my man. People who saw it on TV, I would never vote for that crook. Interesting. In fact, now if you go to a debate, bring a sweater. It's going to be 65 degrees so people don't sweat. And really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. If you go back to the first debate that President Obama had with Romney, President Obama, the, the consummate speaker, lost. He seemed aloof, disengaged. He was ticked off to be in the same room with Romney, and his body language told that story. Interesting. Well, and so, and it's through your body language, really, again, that you exude the confidence. Yes. You know, but at the same time, there is a sweet part to when there's somebody that shows their vulnerability, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. You want, you want to make an emotional connection with your audience. Right. Nancy Duarte. She's, she's a presentation guru who did the slides for Al Gore in Inconvenient Truth, says personal stories are the emotional glue that connect your audience to your message. And we've had some amazing stories. Oh, yeah. And TED Talk. Oh, my gosh. I oh, mean, my gosh. jerkers. But what happens, people hear these stories, and they go into the hard drive of their brain, and they pull out a file that matches it or that is similar to it. And that's how you make that connection. Who have you facilitated over the years with well, TEDx? Jade, Jade was one of the latest ones. I remember Jade Oh, Harrell. my gosh. Do we love her? Oh, my gosh. And talk about expressive. I mean, she has a smile that just lights up the whole audience. And I had an architect and several other people, but Jade really stands out because she just, she realizes how important it is. Yeah. And she's a radio person. Right. Like, like this. <laughs> but she knows, <laughs> she knows how important it is. And she just, she, she owned that stage, didn't she? She was one, uh, that was one of my favorite talks. And, and it was so funny because I remember when she auditioned and it was, Word there were smirching. some people that weren't too sure about what they were like. They didn't quite get what she was doing, but they just loved her. And it was because of her, how she is. I mean, she's her got, presence. she glows. Yes. Right. When I first met. She has met, a brand like you do. Her, yeah. Her oh head, yeah. Her, her and I with the head things. I know yes. we, we keep talking, we, we've talked about like, we should go into business, make our own head things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Jade and Mish head things. <laughs> no, but essentially you talk about that because. It can't overwhelm your presence because, right. you, know, I, you know, think Steve Jobs like in most cases, because what you don't want them to do is remember that headband and not know your speech. Right. So really, this is perfect for that where Jade, and we talked about it, they had to be a little more subdued because that is her brand, but you didn't want people to say, wow, she had a beautiful headdress on her. Man, that... That but dress I has a thousand colors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. In fact, I even take off my name tag when I speak because that's clutter. And in terms of presentations, clean and simple rules. Zen-like. Your language, the way you look, your slides, you don't want any clutter. Interesting. Yeah. And, the, and, and so when we work with our speakers, though, that's all part of it. Yes. We're talking to them about what are you going to wear? What are you going to look like? You know, hey, you're doing. You, did you know you did this a lot? You know, like some, yes. the the things that people don't realize they do when they're talking, or if they do weird things with their hands or something, we need to like help them be aware of it. Well, Toastmasters they always consider the evaluation to be the most important part of the meeting because then you what you do you want to sandwich it. Here's something I really like, Mish. 
here's an opportunity for improvement, <laughs> and here's something else I like. And one of the things we talk about in terms of practicing, because a lot of this work has to be on their own. Right. Video yourself. Yes. The first time you go back to it, though, turn the sound off. Just watch. Do you have any twitches? Are you scratching yourself? Right. Second time, turn it around. Just listen. Do you have any ahs or errs? How is your enunciation and pronunciation? How is your cadence? Are you pausing? <laughs> Third time, watch it because you'll see and hear what the audience sees and hears. Fourth time, have somebody with you because we all have blind spots. You know, sometimes we miss something we did really well or not so well. And Got, you want to have yeah. somebody with you. Well, and it's good to get feedback from people. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like a huge thing. We're doing it this week. Yes. Aren't we? Yeah, we're 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 going to watch the speakers this week and give them feedback. That's yeah, happening tonight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. So, well, thank you, Fred. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back with Fred Miller. So we've been talking about people that want to be speakers or they're mm -hmm. doing some presentation, but there's another side to this. And these are people that are in leadership positions that need to sound good when they get in front of their team. Or even not leadership positions. Okay. Now, presentations are given all the time, internally gotcha. and externally, formal and informal. Uh, people give them for themselves or they give them representing a company. And most of them are... Underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> Underwhelming. You know, it's most people's greatest fear. A lot of the individual coaching I do, someone will call and say, I'm sick and tired of people who don't contribute as much to the company as I do. They're not working as hard, but they're getting recognition, bonuses. Sometimes they're getting promotions because they're speaking. Right. And they're not very good, but they're doing it, and I'm not. I remember a guy sitting on my couch, Mitch, and he said, I have lost promotional opportunities because I didn't raise my hand and speak. I bet that's very true. Oh, yeah. That's because that, they were afraid to say anything. Yeah, that, that fear of public speaking holds so many people back. And people are always asking, well, why, why do we have the fear of public speaking? The easy answer is, why not? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Most of our conversations are one-on-one. -on -one. Most of those are on the phone. Right. You don't see the person. Right. And more and more, especially young people, they're texting an email. Right. You don't see or hear them. So it just stands the reason you get in front of 20, 40, 60 sets of eyeballs like, whoa, I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone. And I can see where people, because especially you think about a situation where there's a group of people around the table and the, the person is afraid to speak up because there's always that one that speaks up on everything yeah. and is like so authoritative and knows everything. <laughs> You're like afraid to go like, oh, they're going to start. But what I have found, and, and then, you know, how you get in your head and you're like, oh, this might be a stupid suggestion or whatever. But I have found if I just say it, there are usually people that are thinking the same thing I am thinking. They're like, oh, yeah. you know what? You're right. I mean, nine times out of 10, that everybody else is going, I was thinking that same thing. It's I'm like glad you said questions. something. It's right? like asking questions. A lot of people are afraid to ask a question because they figure, I must have missed it in the presentation. I'm the only one who didn't hear what it was. People are going to be staring at me. Right. Most people are thinking, I'm so glad Mish asked that question. <laughs> right. I had no idea. I was in a big meeting one time, and this was, oh my gosh, back when um, the the Google, what was the, it was, it was like Facebook that Google had put out there. MySpace? No, uh, 
Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of it. And it was it was just one of those things like, are they gonna do something? And Google kept telling you how important this was, and then you would like get it all set up and start working it and nothing was happening and I, I couldn't figure out what was going on with it. I don't know why it's not coming to me. But I'm in this big huge meeting and this Google guy is giving this whole presentation and and no one's asking at the end. He's like, anybody got any questions? And no one's asking, are you gonna do something with this? And finally I just asked. I was like, can you tell me what's going on with this? And I mean I felt like it was the question on top of everybody's like, yeah, what is going on? Like, oh, thank goodness somebody asked, you know. Well, you're right. And for, first of all, he asked that question about questions wrong. He said, does anyone have any questions? That's a yes or no answer. Better to say, what questions do you have for me? Oh, now that's a good and raise tip. raise your hand. Now, speaking of questions, it, it's always a problem. It's a source of anxiety for the speaker. What if somebody asks a question about my third to last slide? What if I don't know the answer? Right. What if people start raising their hands? Well, up front, when you give your opening, tell them how you're going to handle questions. So I'm going to talk about this, this, and this. I have time to set aside after each of those sections for a few questions just on those sections. I have time to set aside the end for questions. Then I'll conclude my presentation. And that's really important. The ah. closing comes after the questions. Really? Well, here's why. There's something called the law of primacy and recency. Okay. The audience best remembers the first and last things you say and do. That's why you want a strong opening and a stronger closing. The last thing I say that and do... That is such a good tip. Well, the last thing I say and do is the first thing you're going to remember. So if traditionally, and it's usually done this way, I finish the speech... You come up and say, oh, it's dynamite, Fred. Can you stick around for questions? And I say, oh, sure. And I'm taking a few questions. Maybe there's time for one more. And Steve raises his hand. And Steve says, you know, Fred, that thing you said about practicing your mind's eye, what a crock. That never works. Wasted my two hours. Well, time's up. Everybody gets and up. And then it ends on this down note. That's right. Or sometimes it just sort of ends weird. Like That's the question, right. that is a great, I love that well, idea. it's huge. And when you tell them how you're going to handle questions, you don't have to worry about being interrupted. So if you raise your hand, I say, do me a favor, Mish, write that down. And if I don't cover it when we come to the Q&A, be sure to ask me. That's awesome. You're good at what you do, Fred. I study it all the time. I've made all, I've well, made all the and mistakes. You, you have written so much about it, too. You are like Mr. Writer. I mean, how how many blogs do you put out? Oh, now it's every two weeks, but I've done hundreds of them. Been doing it for a long time. You've got great information out there. Well, thank you. I love it. I work All hard right. at it, though. Well, you do. And I tell people that it's very important. Work really hard at it. Doesn't come easy. No. Don't expect that you work hard at what you do. You're just not going to pop up on stage no. and be brilliant <laughs> off the kick. <laughs> yeah, I still do remember when you came on. You were you were heading up the show. It was after. What was the stripper's name? Lola Vanella. And you said, I was going to wear the same outfit. I'm so glad that she I came I got to tell you, her. she made that my stage presence that day really easy because she had, there were so many interesting things you could do with that. Oh, yeah. Right? It was really fun. And that was yeah. the time that Amy Hunter spoke. Right. So I go home. I'm telling my wife about Amy, which was one of the best speeches ever. Absolutely. And I tell her about Lola. So my wife's a teacher and... Amy spoke at her at Parkway, where my wife worked at the time. Okay. My wife goes up to Amy. She says, "Oh my gosh, my husband cannot talk to, cannot quit talking about you and the stripper." 
<laughs> Amy's like, <laughs> so funny. awesome. And I saw Amy at another event after that, and I said, you're going to remember me when I tell you the story, and she did. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, that was great. They that were both great. amazing. But you were great then. That was so cool. Oh, that was I so fun. I had the fun. same outfit, too. I'm glad I left it in the dressing room. My gosh, I would have been embarrassed. It was that was that was really I mean well we have so many fun events. That was. So we're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back with Fred. All right, we are back with Fred and it is question time. Are you ready? You were born, born ready. ready. Born ready. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, do you recall or like what the first great public speaker? Like the first person you saw speaking you went oh my gosh i want to do that probably zig ziglar really zig ziglar was a salesman he always ended his speeches i will see you at the top phenomenal speaker okay and from atlanta kind of talked like a baptist preacher but he was phenomenal zig ziglar he was the best and he was prolific right didn't he have like a million talks and books and what have you great he was the guy he was the guy that said yes i'm doing this I love it. All right. Um, so since you have been a part of TEDx, is there any topic you wish we really, really would cover on that stage? Public speaking. <laughs> Tell people I give a TED talk. Let me think if I can think of anybody. Oh, because it is most people's greatest fear. But, you know, it, it can help people even if they're not a leader. Help That's them become true. leaders. And if you think about it, they need to start teaching this stuff early. There are kids in kindergarten who won't do show and tell. But it's such a tremendous skill, which you have, but it, it does phenomenal things for you. I'm Let just me, a me, ham. I'll tell you a quick That's story. That's where mine comes from. It's just, I just, I don't know. I've never had an issue with getting up in front of well, people and talking. But I do get that some people are like, but go ahead, tell me your story. Well, I, I spoke to a real estate investors association, and the president of that association was a great speaker. And I went up afterwards, and I complimented him, and I said, what's your day job? And he said, well, I'm, I'm an engineer at Boeing. <laughs> and we both kind of chuckled, like, left brain, really? Right. And he, and he said, I know what you're thinking. You know, most left brain people are engineers or architects. I'm very fortunate. I have the ability to communicate. That's why I'm the leader. Honestly, Got, every yeah. one of the guys in my team knows the job better and does a better job of it. But I'm the leader because I can communicate. That yeah. skill is so huge. And you think about so we we're doing this right now. We're in New City, right? With the with teaching the youth how to yeah. speak, um, and it's something we would like to eventually roll out to other schools. But having that ability for these children to learn how to do public speaking young, it's going to carry them through life. The game changer. It's 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 going to be it's going to help them in no no matter what they end up doing. You know, even if they are left brain engineer person. Thank you for that. All right, this is totally off. This is not anything to do with speaking. Okay. I want you to talk about the most wow factor of your daughter's wedding. I'm still obsessed with your daughter's oh. wedding. <laughs> I'm totally obsessed with your daughter's wedding. I, wish I just I could think say, it sounded amazing. Yeah, my, my, my daughter married this wonderful guy. His parents were from India. She wore a uh, sari. And I'll back up a little bit. Uh, my history, I was raised Jewish, married a Southern Baptist in a Unitarian church, and raised the kids to be Presbyterians. <laughs> It just seemed like just, the Christian wanna, thing to well, do. You just want to cover all your bases. Yeah, I want to cover all the bases. So <laughs> when, when she was going to marry this uh, fellow whose parents were from India, it's like, great. Anyway, two, two things, and thank you for asking. He, sing, he is a singer. He, he is a, he's a neuro, pediatric neurologist. 
but he also is the karaoke DJ at Blueberry Hill. What? I didn't know that. Yes. And he, when he sang Lionel Richie's song, I thought he was lip syncing. He was that good. Now, my daughter and I danced, but I blew it when we came to the uh, Slumdog Millionaire song. I could. <laughs> she said muscle memory will take care of you. It didn't. But oh, did you? Cool. You guys had like a Bollywood choreographed oh, yeah, yeah. kind First of thing. Yeah, we were doing the regular cool, dance, cool. and then we fake the music one out. We go, what the? And then we have a few dances come on. We did a little Michael Jackson and something else in the twist. <laughs> oh, but then I said, is there a video of this? I said, yeah. Do you, do you have uh, do, do you have something special? We've got a lot of special guests from out of town. And they put on Slumdog Millionaire, and all these people were from India or Indians, and they went crazy. And I got the first step right. Maybe half the first. It, it didn't matter, though. But that was fun. Yeah, I'll send you the video. Oh, my so gosh. Cool. How fun. Well, I just yeah. remember you talking about I was so intrigued when you were talking about everything that was going. I'm like, this sounds so cool. But I did not know that he's like, oh, Extremely let me talented. over. I'm Mr. Smart Guy doing this over here. Oh, and why, right, by the way, I can sing and all of this. Yeah, Nita. Well, Nita. I know. Nita, I'm, I mean, yes. I'm trying to get Nita on on here because I I want to learn more about the Indian community. Yes. And she's she's another one that's oh, mistalented yeah. all over the place. Yeah. yeah, awesome. But yeah, it was, it was great. Thank you for asking. Very fun. <laughs> so tell me, tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, good. Thank you for asking. Find me at No Sweat Public Speaking. I blog regularly. I've got lots of stuff you can download for free, lots of templates and things, and make your next presentation. No sweat. No sweat. <laughs> awesome sauce. Well, thank you, Fred Miller, for being on today. I really appreciate My it. My privilege. All right. Everyone out there, you've been listening to Mishmash. Please go to iTunes and subscribe and have awesome days. Bye.